Hello, I'm Jo Flanagan and I'm the CEO of Women's Health Tasmania. Welcome to an episode of She's Out There, a podcast series on women's health. This podcast is good for any woman in Australia, but it's really helpful if you live in Tasmania. There are resources to go with today's podcast available on our website. So I'm sitting in the work car, which um, if you follow this series, you'll know is our mobile recording studio. And I'm joined here with Sue Mallett, who is my general practitioner. And if you remember Dr. Dolly from the 1970s, (laughs) we're turning uh, Sue into Dr. Sue for the purposes of this series. So welcome, Dr. Sue. Thank you very much. (laughs) So today we wanted to talk about the um, termination of pregnancy. What's happening in Tasmania? It's been a very contentious issue here, hasn't it? It certainly has, yep. We thought it might be good to start by talking about what is the recent history of terminations in Tasmania. So that's, um, you have been at the coalface, really. Yeah, it's been a great irony that Tasmania has been quite progressive in our law in that it's decriminalised, but actually women accessing termination has been so difficult and continues to be quite difficult for for many of our women. So by decriminalised, that means that uh, it's a woman's decision what she does with a pregnancy. Um, She doesn't have to gain permission from a partner, a society, a doctor. It's her choice about what she wants to do with that particular pregnancy. So the um, the bill that um, took terminations or abortions out of the criminal code is the Access to Terminations Bill 2014. Yep. And as you say, her right to access termination services is embedded in that legislation. Yeah. That's one of the important things. But there's a couple of other important things too, uh, isn't there? That one is that um, uh, doctors, of course, have the right to be conscientious objectors, but if they are, they need to give women information about four services in particular where they can go to get more information. That's right. They have a legal obligation to refer people in a timely fashion to services where women can access the support that they want to do to terminate a pregnancy if that's what they choose to do. So those four, they're called prescribed providers, which is a bit hard Mm. to remember and really it's probably easier to just remember the organisations. One's family planning and one is Women's Health Tasmania and one is The Link and one is Pulse. Pulse. They're both southern services, um, but family planning has a good presence around Tasmania. Yes, we've got clinics in Burnie and Launceston and Glenorchy. So yes, women can go to any of those services. Sometimes if women go to um, Women's Health Tas or to to Pulse or Link, then they still need to see a doctor at some point. And we were talking about that before, it's slightly tricky. It's not that the doctor gets to say whether you can have a termination or not. It's that you need to generally have some tests done and you need to have a referral in order for you to be able to see a specialist. Yes. So it's just important to have in your mind it's a referral for a medical procedure. It's not that this doctor is in control of your decision making. Absolutely, yeah. So, and I guess we just touched on the fact that... um, the legislation uses the word termination. Mm-hmm. It's, I guess it's the word we tend to use, isn't it? But um, a lot of people would use the word abortion. Yeah. Absolutely, and there's absolutely no difference between abortion and termination. No. It's it's whatever people feel most comfortable um, using. Yeah. So, Sue, can you talk us through the difference between a medical termination and a surgical termination? 
So a medical termination involves taking two medications um, and they, that can be done in a pregnancy up to 63 days gestation. So we date a pregnancy from the first day of the last menstrual period. So it's something to be aware of because sometimes people think that they've got um, two weeks up their sleeve and they're actually a little bit further on according to the dating that we're using. So medication termination involves taking two lots of medication that causes um, a medication abortion, so a medicated miscarriage. And a surgical termination involves having a surgical procedure, so an anaesthetic and, uh, and then a surgical abortion. And that can be done up to 16 weeks um, of pregnancy. Okay. And um, could you talk us through what's involved? With a medication yeah. termination? Yeah. So with a medication termination, generally you need to see somebody for an assessment appointment and at that appointment um, the, the doctor or nurse will talk to you about what's involved. They'll also do some tests because it's very important to make sure that it is safe for a woman to have a medication termination. So we need to organise an ultrasound scan to make sure that that pregnancy is actually in the uterus and it's not an ectopic or a tubal pregnancy. We'll need to do some blood tests and we need to do some swabs to look for infection. By infection, I don't necessarily mean an STI. You know how it's normal for us to have bacteria in the vagina. Most of the time, they don't cause a problem, but sometimes if you've got certain bacteria, they can cause a problem if somebody's having an abortion. And then you would see somebody for a medication and you are given the medication. Most people take it at home. The first lot of medicine is the, it's really the point of no return because once you've taken that medicine you must go on to, to complete the medication termination because we don't know what the effects are on a continuing pregnancy of that medication. That medicine generally doesn't make people feel unwell. You can get a bit of nausea and you can get a bit of spotting with it. And then the next medicine you take 36 hours later is the medicine that causes the uterus to contract and expel the products and the lining. And that medicine is always associated with pain and bleeding. And the pain and the bleeding is really difficult to, to be precise about it. Some women say that the pain is about 8 out of 10. Some women say that the pain is about 2 out of 10. And again with the bleeding, the bleeding can be heavier than a period and go on for four or five days. Or for some women it can be very intense for about an hour or so. And it's quite normal to pass clots and the clots can be up to the size of a small line. And that is because the lining is shedding very, very quickly and so clots are forming before the uterus has had a chance to contract and expel the, 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 bleed, the blood there quite normal to feel a bit hot and cold and shivering a bit unwell on the day when you take the second lot of medicine but usually within about six hours people feel a whole heap better and then it's really important to have a follow-up blood test done so the only way that you know that a medication termination has worked is to compare hormone levels just before you take the medication and, and about 10 days afterwards and you're looking for a significant drop you can't rely on the amount of bleeding to say oh well that must have worked with a surgical termination most of the time you're going to have a scan you'll generally have a blood test done and you may have some swabs taken and then you have an anaesthetic so that you are um, not awake during the procedure and there is likely to be a little bit of bleeding after the procedure and a little bit of crampy pain. So um, in your experience what's it like for women? 
They, they did a great big study of women who had medication terminations and said, look, if you had to do that again, would you do it? And about 85% of women said, yes, I would do that again if I had to. And then they asked another question, which I think is probably the more telling, and it said to them, look, if you had a girlfriend who was in a similar situation, would you recommend that they took the medication? And about 90% of women said, I would tell my girlfriend to do that, it's okay. And um, my experience is that women find that it is difficult but manageable. It is really normal to feel a little bit scared mm. before you go into something because you don't know when the bleeding is going to to happen and, and how significant the pain is going to be. A lot of places um, will give you pre-med medication. So at family planning, we will get you to take some painkillers and some anti-nausea medicine about an hour before you take the second lot of medicine. And it's really important to be somewhere where you have close access to a toilet and some privacy and that you have somebody who can stay with you on the day when you take that medication. They can help you by um, bringing you wheat packs and uh, hot water bottles and um, food and drink and just be with you during that day. There is always a 24-hour hotline that people can talk to and um, most GPs and certainly at family planning we give people very extensive instructions about when is this outside of the normal range of experience and when you should do something about it and what you should do so we would give people a letter so that if they had to go through to the hospital they've got a letter there that explains to people exactly what's happened. So the 24-hour helpline is the family planning helpline? No, no. it's a Murray Stopes. No. Um, Murray Stopes are the um, the makers of the medication so it's RU486 which a lot of people are familiar with and so they have a 24-hour um, nurse line that you can talk to. At family planning we are open between 9 to 5 Monday to Friday and we would we strongly encourage women to, to contact us um, if they've got questions um, during during weekdays. So it certainly sounds like having a good support person is an important part of it too. It, it's a critical part. Again, at family planning, we won't go ahead with a medication termination unless we know that somebody's got a support person. Serious complications are really rare, but they, they can occur. And so somebody needs to be able to access um, medical care quickly, just in the unlikely case that there is too much bleeding or too much pain. So if women um, need to access a medical termination, they can come to family planning and you have clinics in Burnie, Launceston and Glenock in Hobart. Yes, yep. There are other GPs? There, there are a few GPs around and we're working hard to try and increase the number of GPs um, who are comfortable providing that. And Murray Stopes does a, it's called a teleabortion service and people can contact them online. And then what they do is that they send out um, an ultrasound request form and pathology forms so you would go and get the ultrasound and the blood tests and the results would go back through to Murray Stopes and then they would contact you again and send the medication out to you. Um, there are a few private gynaecologists in Hobart I think provide medication termination. It's often quite difficult to find out who is actually providing medication termination because it, it, it does fluctuate a little bit. It's probably the best way to find out is to call Family Planning or Women's Health Tasmania. Yeah, I, I think um, between us we've probably got the most up-to-date list of, of yeah. who can provide that service. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of cost, probably the best thing well, the private providers, it's hard for us to say, but for your cost, the best thing would be to go to your website? Absolutely, go to the website. It's all um, its all there. And 
uh, there is funding to support um, eligible women through uh, you guys mm -hmm. and through youth health funding um, if if women fulfil certain criteria there. So Sue's referring to the Women's Health Fund, which is a pot of money that Women's Health Tasmania has to help women who are in um, financial need to access essential health services. So maybe we should move on to surgical terminations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so could you describe for us what's involved with that? <laughs> well, it's it's generally you need to get a referral from a GP or a doctor at family planning to go to see a, a surgeon. And then you would often have an ultrasound. You'd definitely have some blood tests. And then you'd be admitted as a day case for a surgical procedure. So that is where you have uh, generally an injection in the back of your hand so that you go off to sleep and the procedure itself takes about 10 or 15 minutes generally you'll stay for about three or four hours um, and then you would be able to go home after that and you'll generally have some bleeding lasting for a few days and a little bit of crampy pain like a period pain lasting for a few days after that. So this is the um form of termination that's been so much in the news. Yes, so yes. access to this that is um, a bit problematic down here in Tasmania. Yeah. But um, one of the things that we've been keen to stress to women is there are some providers in Tasmania. Yes. You don't have to go to the mainland. This is not necessarily great news for women in Launceston mm -hmm. because they will have to travel yes. to access a surgical termination. And our experience is that most women in the northwest and the west coast generally have to travel down down to Hobart but it, it, it's definitely um, an option we hopefully have very few women now who have to travel to the mainland to access a surgical termination unless they wish to unless they choose to yeah, yeah, absolutely reasons. but we we would just like to say we understand how difficult that is for folk who have to um, organize childcare or transport um, there is a, a thing called the patient transport access scheme which mm. is funding to assist people with the costs of travel and it's been adjusted to meet the particular needs of women having to travel to access terminations. Um, so the costs of their um, a person travelling with them is now covered, and a lot of the costs can be prepaid up front, which is a great which is help. Which a huge help, isn't yes. it? Yeah. So um, you can contact the contact person at the patient transport access scheme, and they'll prepay, um, you know, bus tickets or. Um, uh, hotel rooms um, and if if necessary air tickets mm -hmm. so um, yeah that's worth knowing and the contact for that can be um, got from family planning or women's health Tasmania too so the providers for that are mainly in Hobart yes yeah, yeah. so in your experience Sue what what drives women to choose one or the other I think some women prefer the idea of a medication termination as feeling like it's a little bit more private and they've got a little bit more control over um, when the bleeding is likely to occur. So, you know, probably about 50% of the women accessing um, termination services are in their 20s. So they're often juggling jobs and other childcare needs. And so the, the ability to be able to control that a little bit better is, is important. And I'd have to say that for women in the north and northwest, the difficulty accessing a surgical termination drives them mm -hmm. to have a medication termination. Um, we, as part of our assessment, always tell people about a surgical option. And it's interesting in in Hobart, about half of the women will choose to have a surgical termination, whereas in the north and the northwest, 
only about 2% of women because it is so difficult for them to organise childcare or work uh, arrangements to get down to Hobart and this uncertainty of when they might get a date to have a surgical procedure too makes it very, very difficult for women who are trying to, to plan and organise their lives. Yeah, I mean, looking at our stats, most of the women um, asking for assistance from us are in their 30s mm. and they've got young children. Very young children. So um, to get away for a couple of days is, is incredibly difficult, let alone from work. Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. this absolute myth that it's um, young people who, who are... Um, having unplanned pregnancies who want to have a, a termination and it's absolutely not true. Mm. Mm. Um, so I guess, was there anything else that we haven't covered that you would like to cover? Probably only the um, importance of good ongoing contraception. Um, we know that if women don't have access to good contraception following a termination, they've got a one in seven chance of having a subsequent unplanned pregnancy. And even if a termination is, is an easy decision for a woman to make, it's often quite a difficult, painful thing for, for them to do. And I think that it's really important that we try and support women so that they don't have to go through that experience again. So um, people can become fertile within two weeks of having a, an abortion. So it's really important that they um, think about having some ongoing contraception if they don't want to have another uh, pregnancy. So how soon after a, um, a termination can, do you need to start your different contraceptive options? And is it different between surgical terminations and medical terminations? Um, no, often we would uh, we would like to start them as soon as possible so if a woman's having a medication termination and, and for example their ongoing contraceptive choice might be an implanon we actually would put that in before they've actually taken the medication so that then there's no worry about um, sometimes people feel they've got to wait for their next period and we all know that that's when a lot of women get pregnant when they're waiting for a period to start their contraception so you can do that at the time of the medication termination or at the time of surgical termination an implant can be put in or in some cases an IUD can be put in at that time if we're putting an IUD in following a medication termination we do that three weeks after they've they've taken the medication if somebody's going to go onto the pill we would start that get them to take a pill the day after they've taken the medication so that you um, can make sure that you've got contraception on board before a woman's going to become fertile again. Yeah.